Oh my goodness, I just had to make a quick episode. So I just came across a video of a little black girl. She probably was in like middle school, probably freshman year high school. And her mom was doing her hair and she was flat ironing it. (laughs) And her mom like, I'm going to just bump the ends. Oh my goodness, please tell me. Please tell me if y'all remember your mom doing your hair. If you are a little black girl, if you, not are, if you were a little black girl and your mom used to do your hair or anybody used to do your hair and they would tell you, oh, I'm going to just bump the ends and you come out that thing looking like James Brown. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so many times where my mom would be like, Oh, girl, just sit down. I would just bump the ends a little bit. I come out that thing looking straight like James Brown. Like, Ma, why are you doing this to me? It's going to fall. It never fell. It never fell. I had to comb it out. And when I combed it out, I looked even more like James Brown. <laughs> why? Oh, my goodness. Like, that is so funny. I'm just thinking about all the things that we've shared in our childhoods, like all the little funny things, our little childhood traumas, all of it is crazy how our generation of black people, African Americans just grew up off of the same thing, the hot combs on the stove, oh my goodness. (laughs) I remember my grandma going to go get the hot comb to do my hair. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so many memories, so many memories. I'm the type to be the one to always pull my camera out. I'm the type to always make make videos, take pictures, like save so many things. I literally have 7,000 pictures and like five, no, I think like 3,000 videos in my phone because I'm a video and a picture hoarder. Like I have a box of pictures that I just print out so that I can have like the actual physical picture. Um, I know I'm not the only one who just harbors on memories. I feel like memories are something that we really need to cherish. Like, we need to take those times. A lot of people say, oh, well, if you pull your phone out, you're not really having fun. Which, granted, I get that because you're you're not really living in the moment. But are you, like, I feel like I did. I am. I feel like and there's so many times where I did have really wonderful times and I did not record it and I did not take pictures and I'm like oh my goodness I just think about those times all the time and I'm like I really wish I had a video or a picture so I'm a big person on memories and I feel as though as we get older we are losing more people in our lives we are actually like not even losing them to like death or anything like that We are growing apart from so many people, um, from people who you used to be best friends with, family, everything. So I think that pictures, videos are a way to just hold that memory close to you and your loved one and the person that you care about. If you don't take pictures and videos, do it, okay? Trust me, I used to be the one that's like, ugh, I don't want to take a picture, ugh, I don't want to take a picture, but 
I just regret so many pictures and videos that I wish I would have taken. Granted, I got a bunch of them, like a lot. <laughs> I got a lot of pictures and videos, but there's so many things that I wish that I could have gotten. So what this episode is today is <laughs> just really just talking about memories, making memories, making them last and what they really mean. Um, I'm pretty sure, like I said, we all have so many memories that we can just think about right now. That's your best memory. That's your worst memories of your life. So, of course, I'm going to have to tell you all some of my best and some of my worst. But I just wanted to come in here and talk to you guys about memories today. Did you guys know that with your memory, there's not always some things that you really forget? Like, you may forget it, but it's always kind of tucked in your brain somewhere. Um, so I learned, especially learning in psychology and things like that, if you think you've forgotten something, the memory is pretty much hidden in, like, your conscious mind. It might, might not be gone. You might have to do things to revisit that memory, like, going to uh, the place where you had the memory. You might, you know, remember where you've been somewhere, don't remember who you were with, things like that. But once you go back there, you'll be like, oh, you know what? I was with so-and-so and so-and-so. Have y'all ever, ever had this happen to you? Like, say, for instance, you were um, about to do something or you're about to say something. And while you're doing or about to say something, you're doing or saying something else. But then you forget what you was about to do or say. So you go back to doing what you were doing at that moment of you thinking of it so that you can rethink it and say it. If that didn't make any sense, I'm going to explain what I mean. So for instance, I was in the kitchen cutting onions, um, making this pasta, put bell peppers and onions and jalapenos in it. It's like this spicy Cajun pasta. And I was about to tell my boyfriend something. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I forgot. I had walked away from the cutting the stuff, the peppers and onions. And I went to the living room to tell him. And I completely forgot the memory. I literally had to walk back, continue cutting the peppers and onions, think back to what I was thinking about. And it popped back in my head. Like, oh, I'll go back over there. Like, oh my goodness, that's what I was about to say. Remember that song? And like, it's crazy. So your memories, it they're there. Like your brain is very large. You know how they say we don't even access half of our half of our brain. It's crazy. So memories are there. Um, one reason why I wanted to make this episode is because I was feeling kind of bad at myself, if I can say. Um, so if anybody doesn't know, <clears throat> I had a puppy. His name was Bass. Uh, me and my best friend Morgan got this puppy he was probably about six weeks old we had got about like six of them sold some puppies kept like two gave base away to these cues um they couldn't take care of them so we got base back probably around like eight months had him since eight from eight months up until four years grew with him he was a little pit lab mix oh my goodness if y'all don't know <laughs> base took us through <laughs> I could call it Helen Beck, but I loved it and I miss every part of it. Like, literally running around. I have story time for y'all. Oh, my goodness. But he, we would literally have to chase him for hours, chase him with peanut butter to try to get him back in the house. He would run up on Lock Raven. He would run like, he would just run away. Like, what are you doing? And he would think that it was literally a game. Like, he thought it was a game. So... 
I have a story time. I have a story time. So one day, I come home. Me and my best friend Morgan, we live together, and base of course lived with us. I come home, and our back door. We lived on the bottom floor. Our back patio door was cracked a little bit. Base is nowhere to be found. I call Morgan. Morgan's not home. Morgan says she's like at her dad's house, and I'm like, why would Morgan take her take base to her dad's house? That doesn't make sense. But I called her. She's like, no. And I'm like, Morgan, base is not in the house and the back door was open. I go out back. We used to put him on this little chain. We would clip it on his um, leash around his neck. So he can go out back, use the bathroom. That's not what we would do. But if I come home and base is not out, base is not home and Morgan's not home, how did he get out back? It was so crazy. So back door's cracked. I look outside and his little leash thing is like cut. You can tell that somebody cut his leash. I go out back and I'm like yelling base name. I'm like, oh my goodness. I come back in, call Morgan, like base is gone. The back door was open. His leash is cut. Base is gone. So me and Morgan freaking out. Call the police. Police come. Me and her outside. She gets home calling his name. She sits down at the end of the curb and just starts crying probably about two minutes later you hear his leash just jingling and he darts around the corner and runs up to Morgan oh my goodness that right there is a memory that I wish I would have pulled my phone out and recorded because of course now base is gone he got hit by a huge truck um we had to put him down because he wasn't gonna make it he was paralyzed wouldn't be able to use the bathroom and he was a big dog so he wasn't gonna be able to do anything for himself so at that point we had to put him down but i just thought the other day so we put him down 2019 Yes, 2019, put him down in April. Um, and the other day, I started to think about him. And I have a picture of him on my phone. But for some reason, something in me was forgetting, like, how base was and how he used to act. And I literally had to go back and look at the, the videos of him. And it made me so sad. And I felt so bad because I'm like... How could I forget him? And I know y'all probably looking at me like, girl, it's a dog. But in reality, he was like my best friend. So it sucked to be like, damn, I don't have as many memories recorded and pictures recorded with him that I want. I do have I do have a lot. Don't get me wrong. Trust me, I have a lot. But there's so many other memories that I wish I would have just pulled my phone out just to get. But that was a little story time. Let's get back into some information about memories. I feel like it's important to hold um, your good memories and your bad memories. There's so many bad memories that I have um, that I can talk about. I'm going to talk about a story time a little later in Shell Talks. But there's so many bad memories and so many good memories also that I have that I hold on to. And I feel as though having good and bad is a good thing. I say good because it lets you look back on your happiest times in your life. When you have good moments, that means you were happy. Um, so you get to look back on your happiest times of your life. Even if you're feeling down in the dumps and you're trying to figure out how to get happy again, 
you can look back at those memories. They might make you sad, but they might make you happy again. You never know. You can always try that. Um, I feel like a good thing for bad memories and a reason to have bad memories is because it's a learning experience. Um, I, I believe bad memories are a learning experience. You learn to do things differently. Me personally, I can't speak for everybody else, but me personally, out of my bad memories, I learn to double check things. Um, so when I double check things, you know, I'm I'm rethinking about that bad memory that I had from last time and I'm making sure that I don't have this same thing happen to me again. I don't have another bad memory that I have to think about that's just like the last one. So I try to make difference in my life when I see that, you know, things look like a bad memory. That goes for friendships, relationships. That's like red flags. Um, I'm going to digress just a little bit just because I have... I have a lot to say <laughs> just, just about this um, topic of people saying, you know, um, not giving people a second chance and, you know, things like that because life's too short and, you know, and granted, you're right. Like I said, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about this multiple times, but it just resurfaced on my timeline again on Twitter. So I felt like to talk about it again. But what I'm saying is, I, I, OK, I pull up the post. And I ran a poll on um, Instagram just to see what people said. But the post said, stop normalizing cutting people off over one thing. Getting turned off by one thing. Give people the space to be human, to be imperfect, the grace to make mistakes and change. And um, I'm going to read just some of the comments. Some person said, one, one girl said, you let them slide once and they start doing the electric side. Normalize cutting motherfuckers off the first time they play with you. And the dude who made the post said, please stop with this this rationalization. It's exaggerated and dramatic. And I can, of course, weigh on both points because I feel what she's saying. Honestly, truly, there's not really been many times that I let somebody slide and they didn't try it again. <laughs> like, be realistic. How many times have y'all let somebody slide for something and they did it again? Let's just think about it. Take a few moments. Probably a couple. So not saying that, oh, just because, you know, they they did something wrong and, you know, you let it slide or you, you rectified it and you forgave them and gave them another chance. And then they did it again, that they're horrible people and you need to cut them off. But if that's what your little heart desires, do that. <laughs> like like people say, life's too short to hold on to. Life's too short for me to keep on giving you chances for you to keep thinking you're going to play on me period. But I get what he's saying when he says stop with this rationalization. I can't even speak. Um, it's an exaggerated and dramatic. Granted, it is a little dramatic because it's like we mess up. We're human. We make mistakes that we don't think about. We hurt people by accident and don't mean to, but we still hurt people. Do those people give up on us? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. But at the end of the day, to each his own. I wanted to really say, stop normalizing having your opinion on somebody else's life. He could have said, I think we should stop normalizing. So at that point, now this is a, an opinionated post. Now, granted, this is your Twitter. You can say what you want, whatever. But... Now you're mad at other people for saying their opinion 
when you made it seem like that's a fact. That's something we have to do. No, because not everybody's like that. Some people have been through too much trauma, and it's not saying that it's right to put your old trauma onto new people, but some people have been through too much trauma to keep on giving another person another chance. And some people are still going through that trauma because they keep giving this one person another chance thinking that it's going to change and they don't. So now you're stuck in this cycle and you're wondering, how the hell did I get here? And it's because of, honestly, this post like this. Yes, we understand people make mistakes. One mistake. Okay. Not not the end of the world. I came back to kind of just say, I never understood this comment. Like, it's my life. I decide whether or not I'm going to deal with someone after that one fuck up and choose not. And, and if you and if I choose not to, let's normalize. And I put in quotations, protecting your space, peace and people you let around you. Nine times out of ten, people know what they be doing to other people. Period. Now, I'm not saying again, I don't give one, two and three chances. But about three, you're out. Sometimes you don't even get to three. Because at two, after I didn't rectify the situation with you one and two times, if you're thinking about even doing it again, there's not even going to be another chance for you to mess up. Because I'm like, why am I still here? Why am I still going through that? Some people can actually put up with it. Stop bashing people for what they can deal with. Okay? Now, it's different if some if somebody is, you know complaining about it and not changing it that's complete that's a whole different story but stop bashing people for what they can deal with for what their tolerance of hurt and love and pain and what they can go through because that's what they can go through uh me personally like i said i'm not about to give somebody chance after chance after chance just to keep messing up like what are we doing here are we wasting time yes we actually are and that goes for friends family relationships because this is again my life at the end of the day i'm dying by myself so if i'm gonna spend all this time trying to make you happy and keep trying to change you and prove that you're gonna be better at the end of the day when am i gonna make time to do that for me I find my happiness and my peace and my space and the energy I let around me very important because I take on a lot of other people's energy. So I don't want to be around negative energy because then I feel like I'm taking on negative energy. I don't like it. Mm -mm. Keep it away. (laughs) If you want to do that, deal with that. Deal with that over there. Keep it over here. Mm -mm. We we good over here. We trying to (laughs) elevate and over here. And I don't know what we doing over there, but I'm trying to elevate over here. So that's my take. I don't know how I got off topic. I don't know how y'all let me get off topic, but um, <laughs> child. <laughs> so let's just enter the show talks really quick. I got a story to tell. Uh, I didn't want to say I wanted to speak on one of my bad memories and how I use it as a learning experience. Um, but yes, let me just go ahead. <laughs> Hey guys, alright, so let's get into my little story time, another little story time of one of my most traumatic, horrible memories that 
of course I didn't pull out my phone to record and I don't wish that I did. I kind of do a little bit, but I kind of glad I didn't, but whatever. <laughs> um, but one of the memories that sticks with me that I feel as though was a learning lesson. Um, I think that it also was God trying to teach me a lesson. Maybe not have been the best way, but you know, God does what he does and he does it how he does it. And I can't say nothing about it, but let's get into it. <clears throat> so just started at PayPal, working at PayPal. Um, my homegirl had to go pick up her son um, and I had to go take my mom some money for the phone bill. And I wanted to get home to my little boot thing at the time. So I was like, you know, let me just buy girl. I don't know why I thought living in Baltimore County, I'm untouchable. Um, nothing happens to women out here. Nothing happens to people. But it does. And that shook me up. And it put me into a whole different memory, a modern state. So story time. <laughs> so homegirl, she drops me off at the top of Locker Room Boulevard. I had to go grab some money off the ATM so I can get my mom the phone bill. I'm going to just walk to my mom's house. It's probably around like 7 o'clock. It's not late because the sun just goes down early. It was like January. Sun goes down early. So it's not super late. Um, we're wa I'm walking. She drops me off. She goes her, her direction. So I head to the ATM at this gas station, of course, because your girl needs some leaves, but I needed to take out money to give to my mother. Go to the ATM. I think I pulled out about like $400. Mind you, I'm thinking, but I'm not. I'm, of course, like I said, I'm thinking I'm untouchable. I'm a, I'm a woman in Baltimore County. Who's, what, what's somebody going to do to me? It's dark, but it's not late. What's going to happen to me? That's literally my mindset. I'm not, I'm not really thinking. Probably about, I'm going to say like six minutes after I'm walking from the ATM. I'm walking. If anybody knows the area, um, it's called the Oaks. I'm walking through this neighborhood. And a car, a white car, pulls up kind of slow. And then they keep driving. I'm still walking down the street, you know purse in my hand, all of that. My phone, it was kind of cold. So my phone was in my pocket with my hands. I'm walking, my purse is on my arm. And um, yeah, the car drives past me. He stops, the car stops a little bit. Then they continue to drive past me. As I'm still walking down, they hit the end of the block. It's a long street, okay? At the end of the block, and they make a U-turn. At that point, I am on alert. I see this car. I see them turning around. I'm like, okay, weird, but I'm still walking. I don't want to make myself look scary. That's, again, in my mindset. I don't want to make myself look scary. What if I start running and they just decide to pick on me? These are the things going through my head. So I keep walking like, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm not scared. Even though I'm a little scared, I'm walking. And they bust a U-turn. They're driving down the street real slow. Not super slow. Not super fast. But it's a resident residential area. So they're not they're they're not going super fast, but not going extremely slow. But they're driving slow down the street. And once they get to, I would say, I'ma say probably about six cars in front of me, they speed up. Speed up, drive 
past me probably about two cars i can still see a little bit out my peripherals at this point i'm picking up my pace because i'm like okay y'all being weird pick up my pace dude hops out the car i see him heavy set dude runs up to me with a knife give me a purse and i froze dropped my purse and ran boom 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 gone he he cuz he walks he walks up to me so fast like I don't know if I wasn't walking fast enough because I was just still in my mind thinking of all these scenarios happening, thinking about what I should be doing right now. So I don't think if I was really moving as fast as I thought I was, but he 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 got up to me really quick. Mind you, he wasn't super far behind me when he got out the car. I could still see him from my peripherals. But I think at the moment where I thought I sped up, I didn't speed up. I probably was still in my mind. He caught up to me, held the knife. Give me a purse. Dropped it. I'm out of here. Take that. Take it. I don't want it. Get it. I don't want it. Take it. Take whatever's in it. Take the money. Take the cards. Take everything. I don't want it. Keys, phone, in my bag. I mean, in my pocket. I'm running, 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 running. They actually hop back in the car and leave. So me, I run by the 7-Eleven. I go in there. I tell them that I was just robbed. They're like, do you want to wait here for the police, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I really don't know what I want to do. So I just start running. Like, I just, I left 7-Eleven. I just started running home. My phone's about to die. I get past my mom's house. I don't, I don't even know why I didn't stop at my mom's house. I just wanted to go. I, I just, I just had to go. Running home. Running, 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 running. Uh, my phone's about to die. I call my friend Jada. I think because she was like the last person in my call log or something. Call her and I text my friend Morgan. My phone was about to die. And I said, I just got robbed. I'm I'm running home. Phone dies. So I'm just like, I got to go home. I told them I'm going home. So I have to go home. So I'm running home. Get home. Get home. Call the police. Long story short, police report and everything is filed. So that honestly for me was one of my most horrific memories um and I learned from it I learned that one to show you're not freaking untouchable no matter where you are you could be in the whitest neighborhood you can be in the neighborhood with all of nobody you can be anywhere and somebody could do something to you so that's one thing I got out of my head that night <laughs> second thing no walking around with a bunch of money also, because I'm pretty sure these dudes saw me at the ATM pulling out money and then saw me walk walk away, they probably wanted to make sure I wasn't going in one of the houses that I was walking past. That's why I think they did that U-turn. But again, I learned. It was a learning lesson. I was unharmed. I just was terrified. I was scarred. But in reality, I still have my life. <laughs> In reality, I learned a lesson and I know not to just be so careless anymore. My father just was like, oh, you know, don't ever do that again. And, you know, all these other things. So, no, I don't think I know they never caught them because I was out of a view of, of the camera. 
Um, and then I think the camera at the ATM was actually broken. So it was just like, it was all bad. So it was no way. For a long time, I would like ride around that area to see if like maybe they lived around there, if I could recognize the car. But it was so many white cars around there. I didn't know exactly what car it was, but I knew it was just a white car. White, a white little newer car. It wasn't super old, but it wasn't super brand new. <clears throat> but definitely was a lesson that I learned um, just from one of my memories. So again, just want to end this off with make memories, keep your memories, um, go back to your memories. If <clears throat> there's any memories that you don't have and you can't remember, find ways to go back and channel your inner, you know, memory that you had. Go back to those places. Think about the things you did with those people, eat the things that you ate when you were there, all of that. See if those bring, bring those memories back to you. Thank you guys for listening to me ramble about random shit all the time. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Season two is about to close. So I'm ending it off with my um, Baltimore episodes. Last episode I'm going to do with one of my favorite Baltimore rappers. And I'm going to do an episode with Tap In with Clint. I'm going to tap in with episodes with two other podcasters. So we're going to have a couple more episodes, but they're going to be all with guests. So you don't have to keep hearing me talk all the time. But thank you guys for listening to me talk. It definitely means a lot. Let me know how you feel about this episode. If there's any memories that you guys want to share with me, definitely do appreciate it. As always, thank you for rocking with me. I love you all. Have a great day or night whenever you are listening to this. See ya.